You're listening to The Final Stand with Pastor John. Now, and uh, this is uh, this is I, Pastor John, and welcome here. So, good to see you all out there. Just give me one second as my equipment boots up, which it, it usually is always a little lagging. have no clue why it's like that. Hallelujah. Okay. Lord... Anyways, YouTube is not you. you YouTube uh, is a little slow. Oh, here we go. All right, got some really good prophetic words today, and uh, things that the Lord has uh, put on my heart. And uh, after I had written down what the one of the things that the Lord had put in my heart, and after. Alessandro, uh, one of the brothers, took off for work that lives here on the property. There's three uh, houses here, uh, two small ones and one uh, larger one on the property that is our ministry grounds here. And so um, after our, our prayer meeting, Bible study in the morning, uh, I think Gary went to take care of some chores. And then uh, Alessandro and I were just talking before he took off to work, and I told him, I said, I'm, I just said, listen, people cannot mock God, and poetic justice is going to take place. And I and I and I, I just told him what uh, that what I was feeling the Lord was saying, and then I wrote some scriptures down about it. Then my brother Mike uh, texted me, and I'm not sure when he texted me. Let's take a look at that text. He had a vision this morning. And uh, or maybe it wasn't this morning. I might be inaccurate about that. But uh, let's see when he texts this. Okay, so today six twenty-eight. He saw like a a claw of an eagle coming for judgment. So I text my brother right before, and I just I would have been late, but I said I got to get off the phone, Mike. I've got to do the program. We're going live right now. So that's my brother Michael. So uh, what did he say? He, he said, I saw a series of events that took place in a vision. They flashed before me, but the part I did not see clearly was an eagle's claw, and it had released judgment. Okay. And, and, I, and, I, and I feel like myself that judgment's going to be released against the wicked. Um, but... Yeah, and I think there's more than one type of judgments being released. As far as me and my brother, we didn't finish that conversation off, and he asked me where. I feel like, yeah, it's more than one type of judgment. I would agree with that. Uh, but let's get into that. So so here I am. You know, I'm just going by what I feel inside of my spirit because, uh, you know, the prophetic is intuitive. It's, it's not objective. It's subjective. I got up this morning and didn't talk with my brother and I just felt yesterday that the Lord was brewing upon my heart like the like the like the Holy Spirit brooded upon the the face of the deep of the water. So the Holy Spirit sometimes He broods over us. We we can feel Him in our spirit, just just speaking to us. And then the word Navi prophet means to bubble up. The, these things just begin to bubble up inside of your spirit, and they just that you really if you're. You could shut them down, but because the, the spirit of a prophet subject to a prophet, but you be, begin to hear that spirit to spirit 
communication. So I, I just really began to hear and feel that the Lord was saying that, listen, judgment uh, it is coming. It is not going to linger. And and you will see a suddenly in judgment come in the United States of America. I guarantee you that. And and probably worldwide, but but America is what I was feeling this morning, and uh, and my brother felt it was beyond that, and so, uh, Amen. So we're I'm just witnessing on that, and uh, Amen. So me and my brother, the two witnesses, that's a joke. <laughs> we 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 are we are among the camp of witnesses or the tribe of witnesses, but we're not the two witnesses. Amen. But I am a witness of Jesus Christ. So anyways, so let me read some of the scriptures that I had written right before I looked down and saw my brother text me. Because, of course, I just finished up a Bible study here at the house, a prayer meeting. So um, that's when I looked down and I'm like, oh, hey, my bro just text me. Let's see what he said. Okay, so I wrote down here, okay, vision, first place. I want to share a vision I had around maybe five or six in the morning. I had a couple of them, but I'm just going to share one, okay? And what I saw was, I saw a very clear, uh, vivid vision with a lot of details in it. I was able to look at it and, and discern and, and think about what I was seeing and, and, and just, you know, uh, that time thing and in the vision, having some time there. And what I saw was, I saw Noah's Ark. That's what I saw, Noah's Ark. And... I saw animals, and I think that there was humans too, and they were kind of just spread around on the outside. They weren't lined up. They weren't in order. I don't think that they were just kind of almost like a fellowship after a church, okay? That's how, that was what it looked like. And, and so I, I came out, I, I, you know, I prayed and asked the Lord to remind me of other things that I saw in the morning, and uh, that one I wrote down very clear very vivid vision um in my opinion uh people are, are not aware of what's coming not even the christians are prepared really for what's coming in other words i saw noah's ark very clearly i saw the big gigantic boat i saw these like i believe animals and and people but they weren't lined up and ready to go in they were just kind of like hanging out not prepared not aware just going about as as regular and then the vision came to a end and all i can tell you is that just like it was when jesus was crucified the earth got dark there's going to be some darkness that's going to come I've, I've documented that I prophesied this for years. In fact, I, I had actually given a wrong video um, on the first vision I had about darkness, and then I found it. And uh, that first vision I had about darkness, I, I, I put it on the last two videos, so you can look in the in the description area. Going back to 2016 was my first vision about darkness hitting the United States of America. And you're like, well, people have only been prophesying that recently. Actually, that's not true. I've got it documented in archives. You can look at it on two of the videos I did. So don't believe what I'm saying. Go look at the videos yourself. Had had three different visions about darkness coming to 
the United States of America, possibly to the earth. But um, one of those darknesses that I saw will be the U.S. military being the creators and the origin of that darkness. Um, and uh, that's a fact. That's what I saw. Heard, it, heard an audible voice uh, tell me that. You know, and, and, and so let's, let's, let's look at all this. But this is what I wrote down on some scriptures this morning. Isaiah 29. For the terrible one is brought to naught. And the scorner is consumed. Just listen to me. The scorner or the mockers are consumed. You're about ready to see the scorners and the mockers consumed. And all that watch for iniquity are going to be cut off. Pay attention. People that like mocking are going to be mocked. People that like causing division will be divided. People that like planning evil will set and set a net and a snare are, are about ready to fall in the net and the snare that they have set. This is what I hear the Lord saying. I mean, it's just is what I hear in my spirit. And it is what I hear in, in my spirit that is about ready to happen. And uh, it was clear inside of my spirit. Let me share another scripture here that I've got. Okay. If thou be wise, thou should be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shall bear it. Those who are the scorners in the United States of America, they're about ready to bear their scorn. Listen to this. It's easy to go and scorn and to mock. That is because you, you think that your day will never come. You think you have a... a, a uh, a defend like an un, uh, unapproachable or uh, unbeatable defense. You think that your defenses, your strategies, your tactics are so good that you cannot be um, overcome. But your day is going to come, and your strategies and your tactics and your plans—they shall all backfire. The gallow that you prepared, you will hang it at yourself. The snare that you have set, you'll fall on it yourself. The net that you have cast, you're the bird that will be caught in it. The mockery that you have mocked with, you will be mocked with yourself. The scoffing that you have scorned upon people, you yourself will be scorned and mocked in the media, on the news. All over the United States and the world, you're soon to be mocked. You, because listen, you've been mocking God and His prophets, but you, you you think you're just mocking men, but you're you're mocking God and His prophets, okay. And it's one thing to even mock God's prophets because we're mere men, but when you mock Yahweh God, Adonai, Elohim, the Tao and the Tao, that the 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 everlasting one—that's how you say that in Aramaic, the Tao and the Tao. The, the Alpha and the Omega, I am that I am. When you go and you mock against heaven and shake your fist at God and say that my day of judgment will never come, who are you? Listen, I was sharing with the brother this morning. You know, I, I watched that, that, that movie with um, about Moses. You know, Pharaoh, he was like, who are you, Moses? And who is your God? 
not a good idea to say that. He, he found out. It's about time for him to find out, right? Right? Who are you? He said, hmm. Haman, all cocky, sitting there, nah, who are you, Jews? Nothing at all. Ha, 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 Your neck is going to get stretched, Haman. Your neck is going to get stretched. The wicked, the Bible says, they plan and they go, ha, 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 ha. But their day is coming. Their day is coming. I'm telling you, their day is coming. And, and you will see shortly the judgment of the wicked. You will look for them. Some of them, you will look for them, and they will not be any longer. Hear that. I hear that right now, the Lord saying that. I hear the Lord saying that right now. You will look for them, and you will not find them. I'm telling you, some very well-known people are about to disappear off the face of the earth. They're about ready to disappear off the face of the earth. That's right. I saw a vision. Many of people follow my program know about the vision I had of the great tree being cut down. Let me tell you, that great tree is about ready to get cut down, people. It's going to get removed. In the Bible, trees represent people, the trees of righteousness, planting of the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar represented a wicked tree that was cut down. He, he, he rep, so trees represent people and leaders. A great tree is about ready to be cut down. And it will never, ever, ever be restored again. That's going to happen. You watch. You watch. It's about ready to happen. God is blowing his trumpet right now in the earth. And he's saying to prepare yourself for what's coming. But the wicked, you had your chance. You had your day. God stretched out his hand all day long, but you would not regard his counsel. Here's another word I want to give you from the Lord. Amen. Okay. Let's go look at it. Proverbs 1.24. Because I've called and ye refused, I've stretched out my hand. No man regarded it. But ye have set at naught all my counsel and with none of my reproofs. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear comes as desolation, as your destruction, as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they that hate knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, they would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat of the fruit of their own ways and be filled with their own devices." Look at, let, listen, listen, these people that, that are that are drinking blood and, and, and involved in and trafficking of children and all this evil wickedness that's happening in the earth, you're about ready to get exposed. You're about ready to be exposed. Your sins are about ready to be broadcast. What, what has been hidden in darkness is about ready to come to the light. You're about ready to be caught in a web of your own lies and it'll be to your own demise you'll be exposed and deposed these things will happen suddenly and shortly watch and you will hear and your ears will tingle because the news will be such a rocking shaking news you'll say how could this happen but it'll come and you'll hear it you'll see it you'll stand and say wow and for those who know the Lord they'll say our God is mighty our God is mighty 
Our God reigns in justice and judgment. God sets all the nations before him and they're just but like grasshoppers. He sets the nations before him and they're all but men. He lays them in the balance and they're found wanting. And those who have planned things in Italy, they're going to be dealt with. I'm telling you, things have happened in Italy that are dark and they're going to come out to the light. Understand that you will hear more and more about things that were done in Italy. You watch. You will find out that there were collaborators involved in evil things that were unseen. We're talking throughout the nations. You'll see it. And it'll, be, it'll be clear and it'll appear. And it's the reproof of the Lord bringing light to darkness. You watch it. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. Amen. You're going to see it. Hallelujah. God bless you all. Good to see you. Give me one second here. Amen. God bless you all. Good to see you. Please, if you've never been in our chat area, please do come in if you'd like to. If you say anything stupid, we'll throw you out, just like any good uh, church would do. <laughs> but you'd be welcome to come in. Amen. Amen. And... Uh, you know, I, I used to I used to do a lot more praying. We pray every morning for the people that watch our ministry. Whether you send your prayer request or not, we, we're a ministry and we meet here seven days a week for prayer and intercession in the morning and for studying the word. But I'll tell you something, we will we will meet we will pray for your needs. But I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, I used to do a lot more answering of phones. I talked to personal friends that I met overline and and different like that. Uh, but I, I don't do as much now. Because I, I'm pretty busy, and especially doing, you know, what I do. I do, I do a lot. This is a 513C uh, ministry, and so I'm, I'm always doing something. And uh, But, you know, I will try to get back with you. I know I got a call from a brother recently, and I'll try to get back to you, actually, after I get off this call, off, after I get off of this here today. Anyways, what I wrote down here is uh, the stock market crash. Let me let me get back into some old visions I've had here so that we can look at this because this is I believe is going to be in the news and I've given it before you to you before it was news and we're not somebody who's been saying this just for you know whatever recently because that's not the truth amen we've been we've been understanding and hearing this for a, a bit of time amen hold on okay there we go Let's see here. Amen. I'm looking for this one here. Give me one second. I, I believe it is prophetic podcast um, hash mark 57 semicolon breaking news historical stock market crash. This is a vision that I had um, May the 6th, 2019. I've had other uh, things about this, uh, or I've shared on my program other uh, prophetic insight and about uh, stock market crashes. But this was a clear vision, a clear vision, like the vision I had this morning, very clear vision. I like these ones that are very clear. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that vision. I, you know, I thank Him because because I recognize that this these visions are given to me of the Lord. And this is not a vision asleep, but this is a vision while I'm awake. Most of the times my visions come while I'm awake, not while I'm asleep. And so this so this is a vision 
prophetic podcast, um, hash mark 57, semicolon, breaking news, historical stock market crash. Now, this was what I saw was a, a, a vision of a stock market crash that was similar to 1929. And, and I believe we are really at the precipice of this. And that you and and a mid, and the conjunction of the stock market crash. I've had two different visions. That um, I'm not an expert, at, and I, I know people think they are, but I, I'm not. But but I had two different visions, and one was that the gold standard would be restored, and the other one was a transfer of wealth. Well, I have a couple different transfer of wealth visions, um, but you know, one of them was a one in conjunction to silver, the best that I could understand. It was, it actually had a silver bullion in it and, and everything else. Oh, I had another one too, didn't I? Recently, man, I had a really powerful prophetic vision. So clear, so detailed. It was a dream and it was such a clear dream. And in the dream, all of a sudden, I was in, I was in the bank and I could, I looked outside, and that's another vision I should have put it on there. And I looked outside, and I saw that it was getting dark. Man, the Lord's given me so many visions about darkness coming. And I saw that it was getting dark outside. Darkness was coming. Other vision, I was caught up into heaven and saw to the earth, and there was darkness on the earth. But... In another vision, what I saw, I was with Lois Sharp in the vision, and darkness was covering the earth. And the other one was I saw Daniel in America, and darkness covered the earth. That's like several different visions. But I was in the bank. I need to write this note down because I should add that to different visions that I've seen. Okay. Um, just give me a second. I, I need to do it. There's things you got to do when you have a program. Okay. Um, Vision of Chris in the bank and darkness out the windows. That'll be good enough. Okay. So, I go in the bank. I look out the windows and darkness is coming. Darkness is coming, people. And it wasn't there fully, but it was coming. That's what's going to happen. Then... As I go in, there's a box in there. And in this box, I was aware that there was silver in there. Silver was in there. And I said to I said to Chris, he's the one of the main managers, and Chris, his name means it means Christ bearer. Christ bearer. So this is you know divine revelation, Jesus Christ. So Chris, which means Christ bearer. I say, Chris, you know there's a bunch of silver in this box, and it's and it's locked up. Now, everybody had gone home for the night. Nobody was there before. It was later in the hour. I, that's prophetic. We're later in the hour. There was a, a, a sense of disappointment and discouragement that was with Chris, like as if though the money had lost its value. And he just was done with it. But I said to Chris, there's 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 silver in this box. And he just said, John, just go take it. You can have it all. And and as I reached in, there was silver 
dollars, but those silver dollars were like this big. Now, his sister told me they're like $900, those silver dollars are worth $900. So that could represent that what silver is going to increase from uh, the silver dollar value, which is like a troy ounce. I, I, it's, it's, I think it's maybe 21 now. It's been 30, right? It might be 24 right now. Um, I don't watch it to see the spot price all the time, you know, so I'm not that type of a person. But so, so what I saw was that there was an increase in value, increase in value. As the markets collapse, there will be an increase in value in the silver, and this will be a transfer of wealth for those who've been wise, like what I saw. Remember the vision I had this morning. Praise God for this prophetic broadcast today because sometimes the Lord doesn't speak to me with so many different things. And it's neat when he's just, you know, talking and downloading so much. Amen. And uh, praise you. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, God. I appreciate you uh, talking to me so much and, and giving me so many things to say. Thank you, Father God. I appreciate it. I honor you. I acknowledge you. I recognize you as the source of the prophetic visions and dreams and words that I get. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Lord. Jesus' name. And I just appreciate God because you can't even have a prophetic podcast without God talking to you. (laughs) So it's so good to hear from the Lord. Man, it excites me. It's neat to be a Christian. You know, you got to love the Lord, people. And listen. You know, people think they say, well, it's got to be God first, then your ministry, then your wife, or God first, then your ministry, then your husband. No, 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 you're into idolatry. God's name is Jehovah, and it is jealous. That's actually one of his titles, Jehovah Jealous. Did you know that? That's right. That's right. That's actually a Hebrew name for God, Jehovah the Jealous One. And it means exclusive. See, God doesn't, it's not you, and then it's not It's not your wife, and then, then you know, it's not God, your wife, or God, your ministry. That's wrong. It, it's, it's, God is number one, God is number two, God is number three, God is number four, God is number five, God is number six, seven, eight, nine, ten. God has got to be, there's no comparison that your love for God. And if you're just going to church, and, and you're not in love with Jesus, you need to return to your first love. You need to be praying from your heart that that loves God. You need to be on fire for God. You need to be motivated by your love for God. You need to be recaptured by the love of God. Amen. Because because the Lord is 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 our father. The Lord is our God. The Lord is our friend if we are obeying him. If we obey him, he's our friend. The Lord is our savior. We ought to be in love with God. Amen. We ought to be in love. The Holy Spirit didn't come to speak about himself, but the Holy Spirit came to speak about the Father. The Holy Spirit came to speak about the Son. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to speak about you or me. He wants to talk about Jesus. Amen. So let's let's focus on the Lord. Amen. Let's love Jesus. This is so awesome to worship God and to know the Lord. So anyways, prepare yourself. Amen. Uh, here's a couple other words. My brother had a vision as well. Uh, so that was a very clear dream that I had. I just shared the Christopher dream. And then my brother shared here just recently, that was a while back, but this other one, my brother shared that he had a dream. And that dream again had to do with gold and, and precious metals. And, and, and I believe a transfer 
that, that vision. I'm not going to give all the details. My brother's also has a prophetic calling. Remember, I don't use, when I say pastor or prophet or teacher or evangelist or pastor, any of these t- terms, uh, these are and these are not titles. I'm sorry, you people that believe they're titles, well, you blasphemers. Uh, Jesus said, let no man call you a, a, a pastor. Literally, that's what a rabbi was, is a pastor. He says, let nobody call you pastor. Let nobody call you teacher. And let nobody call you father. We're not to take titles. We're just servants. John the Revelator, who was the most prophetic person in the New Testament, what did he say? He said, the ser- he says, John, the servant of Jesus. Amen. So when I say, you know, my brother's a prophet, listen, we're not, t- we're, we're, those are descriptions. The only title that Christians believe in is Jesus Christ, Lord of Lord and King of Kings. That's all we believe in. Amen. And so I just want to, but so my brother had a vision about that. And then Sister Viviana that comes here on Sunday for church, she had a vision. And in the vision, the Lord was speaking to her about um, inflation happening, which has already happened now since that vision. It was already happening before, but it's they now it's, they say it skyrocketed really really bad. So the Fed did some stuff, and now we're into super inflation or something. And she had a vision here a while back. And, and in that vision, uh, again, the, the, the Lord was instructing her through the vision, as the vision would have been, the, the interpretation was, you need to purchase some gold. You need to purchase some gold because inflation is coming. And that's another vision. Because, you know, um, I don't believe in idolatry. I don't believe in a pope. Most pastors today are popes. I don't believe in the Catholicism, but most evangelical pastors are popes today. Trust me, because if you study the, I, I've got my, my doctorate in, in theology, and, and I've studied Hebrew and Greek, and I'm going to tell you, that word, listen, in the first century, there was apostles, prophets, and teachers. That's it. Apostle, prophet. You said there's fivefold. No, you're actually wrong about that. There was apostle, prophets, and teachers. The other two that are mentioned, they were, they were, they were basically like elders or deacons in, in the Greek that's what it literally means and, uh, see a pastor was somebody that's like the janitor you give it he's got the key so when you when the apostle or the prophet or the teacher is gone then you give your keys to the pastor in other words they're the guy that washes the toilets literally uh, literally as a is is a historian in early Christianity as a teacher of the Hebrew and Greek that's the reality Okay, you you don't even see the term pastor used other than in the one epistle of Paul ever used again for almost 300 years. And it came began to become with the word bishop, which is another term, which is simply it literally just means an overseer. But then the creation of the Romanism, they began to take upon all themselves, all these titles requiring people to kiss their feet, kiss their hand, wearing all these robes and calling themselves priests. Before that, in early Christianity, in the, in the writings, which they did a lot of them in the early Christianity, they talked about the, the priesthood of every believer. And then we see Romanism, Catholicism ultimately taking over. But uh, we understand that many Christianity, most people don't understand that many of the people who got born again came out of Catholicism. And we have this whole system of, of power and authority. Power and authority. Got to got to flex our muscles. Power and authority. Listen, there is no power but Christ. There is no authority but Christ, and there is no title in the church but Jesus Christ. That is how the early Christianity operated. I'm just telling you that's this. This is a fact. I know you might not like it, but it's the truth. Because what Jesus, Jesus, what denomination did Jesus create? He didn't create one. He didn't. 
Jesus brought decentralization, not centralization. When the Christians first met, they met at the temple and in houses. Then once they were run out of the temple because of persecution, for the next 300 years, as a historian, I can tell you this, for the next 300 years, they never met in a building again. 300 years later, you begin to hear under, under Constantine that they began to use buildings for church. You actually, that's the only time you begin to read about that, okay, in documents of antiquity. You don't, you don't read about it until like 300 years after the fact that they began to meet in buildings. Before that, historical, uh, archaeological and uh, historical digs brought up churches that were in houses. That's a fact. That's a fact. And, and this whole, this whole uh, other stuff, it's a scheme. You know, when was the first church service? People will say it was on the day of Pentecost. That's unbiblical. You've got to change your theology. That's unbiblical, okay? Because Jesus said, where there's two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And that is Matthew chapter 18, 20, okay? And Jesus had, uh, let's go and look at the scriptures. If we'll get the Bible involved in this, Okay. Just get me here real quickly. Jesus said to find me a house and tell the man that your master needs it for Passover. So, let me see if I can find this real quickly. Okay, Matthew 26, 18. He replied, go into a city to a certain man and tell him, the teacher says, my uh, appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. Okay. This is the first church service recorded in the Bible. Jesus having Passover with his disciples. It's not the book of Acts. Where does Jesus have church? In a house, not the temple. No, Jesus didn't come to create a centralization of churches. What denomination did Jesus create? None. Okay, that that is that is that is the Jezebel prostitute spirit that came out of Roman Catholicism. It, 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 Jesus brought decentralization. He, he met for Passover in a house. Then if you want to get your Bible involved again and be a true Berean and understand the Word of God, you go to Acts. You go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly the, suddenly. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Jesus did not come to create centralization, decentralization. Every denomination is not of the Lord on the face of the earth. I don't care what they've done. See, there's movements of God, and then they make them monuments, and then God moves on. You know, it was... It was uh, who was it who said that? Smith Wigglesworth. 
they said, Smith, you preached in five, you were with, they said, Smith, you were with five different denominations in your life. Why is that? You were with this denomination, you left it, you joined this denomination, you were with this denomination, you left that denomination. You let, let, and it, Smith Wigglesworth was one of the most powerful miracle workers and healers that ever lived, a faith teaching man that ever lived, apostle of faith. And, and he said, listen, he said, the Lord was moving in that denomination. And then that denomination wouldn't allow Jesus to move any longer, so I left that denomination because the Lord quit was quit uh, was uh, was not no longer allowed to move there. And I went to another denomination, and they allowed God to move in there. And then they would not allow God to move in there, and I'm and I moved to another one. Then I went to another denomination, and they allowed God to move there. So got miracles, healing, signs, wonders, but then they quit. And see, this is generally what happens: you have a movement, and then the movement becomes a monument. And then it dies, okay? God, Jesus, listen, and, and, and if you think you're wiser than Jesus, wow, what denomination, I've got to ask you, did Jesus create? None. Centralization is not of the Lord. Jesus brought decentralization to the church. He, his services were in houses, and historically for 300 years, churches, until Roman Catholicism came along, the church met in houses, the whole government of this power structure is a beast, and that's why you—that's why it, 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 it's it's wrong. And we got to get back to the way the church was. And listen, God is about ready to shake the heavens and the earth, people. The structure is going to get challenged. Okay, God is going to shake the heavens and the earth. You you watch, because God is not into this. Jesus said this also. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you made it a den of thief. You know, the church is not, is not, is like a church isn't a place. Well, oh, the church is a place for just prophecy or, or, or preaching or, or teaching or and, and, uh, so many different things. Or they, people call it a house of worship. That's not biblical. You say, oh, yes, it is. No, you're wrong. Give me a scripture in the Bible. You've heard me say on this program that I've read through the Bible around 50 times. Okay. I've said I've been around, I've been through the Bible around 50 times. I've lost track. Let me tell you something. There's not a place in the Bible where it says the church is a house of worship. It's a house of prayer. It's a place where we go to worship, but it's not called a house of worship. It's called a house of prayer. God says in Isaiah, it's my house, my house shall be called. He said it. My house shall be called a house of prayer. In the book of Isaiah, it says, uh, my house should be called a house of prayer. So, wait a second, it didn't go there. In Isaiah, God says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. <laughs> wow, it's amazing, these things. Um, give you the wrong scriptures because because people don't know the Bible. So uh, So they don't put the right scriptures in on Google. You can't even find them. But that's because you've got a church of people that haven't been through the Bible 50 times. It's a, it's a sad and ridiculous situation. Okay. Isaiah 50, 56, 7. Isaiah 56, 7. Even those will I bring to my holy mountain, which is, we, we go to the spiritual mountain, which is Mount Sinai. We go to a heavenly host of angels and, and, and righteous men made perfect by the Spirit of God. We can go there in the Spirit. 
That's where I went today when I had that vision. I left this earth while I was awake and I went into the heavenly realm and I saw I saw the vision of Noah's Ark and all like the, there was people and animals scattered around the best that I can remember outside of it. They weren't lined up and prepared. They were not aware of what was coming. I hope you're prepared financially, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, because the storm is coming. The storm that I prophesied back in 2016, back in 2016, I prophesied about that, okay? And um, give me one second here, actually. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something here with my program real quickly, if I can find this. Um, da, 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 da. Okay. Give me one second, you're all, I'm looking at this. Okay. Going into my detailed description here. Okay. And uh, just give me a second, y'all. Let me get into this detailed description thing here. Okay. I gave a wrong... Uh, Scripture or not scripture? I gave the wrong prophecy on two of my programs. It actually was vision was in twelve thirty one of two thousand and sixteen that I had a vision of a great storm coming to the United States of America and a a time of darkness that would come to the United States of America. So go look at that vision yourself. Don't believe what I say. This is dated by youtube and archive that can never be changed and the name of it is vision and then it's 12 forward slash 31 forward slash 2016 a great storm shall shake america forward slash the world now you hear people saying that today i've been prophesying that for years okay so go ahead and look at that yourself amen let's get back to the program just amen so we see that Amen. Something that many of the followers here know, and that I did a video a long time ago. It actually got it got actually uh, deleted. But I've had Gary come on here, my wife come on here. People that watch this program will tell you that it was February two thousand. What was it? It was the the year that Donald two two months after Donald Trump was made president. I had a vision that there was a deep state, a very detailed deep state vision. And back then, that wasn't very popular, and that everything was, there was a deep state, and, and I had a vision about that in 2000, and I think it was what, two, two months after. Many of you who watch the program remember that. We've already brought it. The Bible says that a matter is established by two or three witnesses. We've already established that. So, but let's, let's so I'm just sharing some of these things. Good to see you all. God bless you so much. Now, the, the exciting thing is that we're in the end times. And the reason I talked about religion is you've got to overcome religion. And see, religion is, listen, the book of James says pure religion. But most of the times what people have, look, if there's, if there's pure religion, there's got to be impure religion, right? That's called critical thinking. Okay, that's analytical thinking. Okay, look at the Bible says pure religion, which is to keep yourself unspotted from the world. To the help of fatherless and the widows, that's pure religion. That's pure religion, okay? Pure religion. So if there's pure religion, there's unpure religion. Let me tell you, there's a lot of unpure religion today in the world, okay? Centralization of Christianity. It's unpure religion, okay? It, it is. 
and the control that that people have is un, is un, see the apostles in the early church that ran the church the apostles the prophets and teachers that's actually what it says ran the church and historically that's backed up see they didn't they weren't operating in envy or jealousy and because they weren't nobody was trying to be a pope they didn't have that idea they were not they were not into that and so anybody like if, if Paul was there with Peter and James was there they're all hanging out together and Peter might have had prepared and said yeah the sermon that night if 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 Paul said listen the Holy Spirit says I'm supposed to speak Peter Peter would automatically say excuse me I'm sorry go ahead you speak there was no there was no jealousy or embassy envy because they were servants and understood that if they wanted to be great in the kingdom of God they had to empty themselves of a position and a name and so they were servants today we don't see that and because that there's a lot of manipulation and witchcraft in the churches today that's the truth i know you don't want to hear it but it's the truth okay and i tell you we got to get back to love why do you go to church anyways i hope you go because you love jesus when did you when did you stop when did you stop and think that the motivation of your life is to love jesus Is your, the reason you read scripture so that you might know him more? Is the reason you pray so that you might cultivate a relationship with him? Jesus didn't die so you could just go through outward motions. And I'm not saying that righteousness is necessary to enter the kingdom of God. But, but you can just start going through the motions. Saying the right things. And your heart's not right with God. You, you, you're empty, you're, you, you are empty, but you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. You're just empty, period. And people go in with, with empty heads into church and they leave with empty heads. It's the truth. They, they go and they're not even fed. And, and, and they're committed to being starved. And they, and they come to, they gather for socializing and not for being filled with the Holy Spirit or being empowered by God. What is the purpose of going to church? What a dead, worthless bunch of mess. See, we're having church right now. And, and, and why? And we're talking about what the, the purpose of the church. Paul said it, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11. No other foundation can any man lay that has been laid, and that is Jesus Christ. Paul says, I haven't preached among you anything but Christ and him crucified. He said, I said, I didn't even know anything among you other than Christ and him crucified. He said, I haven't done anything but preach Christ. The church has got to come back to Jesus. Revelation, he says, you're neither hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Return to your first love. Christianity is about Jesus, not about a denomination, not about a teacher, apostle, preacher. Christianity is about the person of Jesus. I hope that you come back to Jesus. I hope that the Holy Spirit is, is speaking the message that he's always spoken. He doesn't speak a message about me. He doesn't speak a message about you. His message is that Jesus Christ is worthy. Jesus Christ is holy. Jesus Christ is righteous. Jesus is to be loved. He's to be worshipped. He's to be honored. The Father has exalted him above every every throne, dominion, name, principality, and power. And God has established that in heaven and earth, that all should worship the Father through the Son. 
And all should should pay homage to the Son. And all should reverence the Son. And all should tremble before the Son. The, the, the Father has sent the Son that He might glorify the Son. And that He might reveal His purposes and His heart in the Son and through the Son. For if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. So if you want to know what the Father's like, you look at Jesus and you know the heart of the Father through the Son. And the Spirit did not come to speak about Himself. He didn't come to speak about a denomination, an association, an organization, an affiliation, a centralization. The Holy Spirit's come to speak about Jesus. Isn't Jesus wonderful enough? Why do we need Jesus and other things? Listen, the Holy Spirit's come to speak about the Father. He said He wouldn't speak of His own self, but He'll speak of the Father and the Son. We've got to bring the church back to the to Jesus Christ. The gift of teaching is to manifest and reveal Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Savior, who died for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ, the healer, who's come to heal us. Jesus Christ, the deliverer, the one who's come to bring us breakthrough. Jesus Christ, our provider, El Shaddai. Amen, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. See, the Holy Spirit's come to reveal the Father, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. The Lord Rapha, the Lord our healer. Uh, Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is going to take care of us. See, the Holy Spirit's come to magnify, to clarify, to signify, to identify, amen, Jesus Christ, the Father. He's come to exalt the Father and the Son, to bring us to a place of worshipful living, where our lives are lived as worshipful beings created in the image of God to live for relationship. I, I love one testimony I heard of a brother who's not a born-again Christian. He was a Hindu, and he died, and there was no Hindu gods in, in heaven. It was only Jesus in heaven. Just Jesus was there. Go figure. But But one of the things that the Lord told him he said, well, where should I go to church, basically, as he asked the Lord. And the, and the Lord said, "It doesn't. It's, that's not important. You said, oh, that's important. No, Jesus said, that's not important. He said, what's important is that you have a personal, intimate, sincere relationship with me every day. Not just on Sunday. That's what Jesus told him. You know, uh, Howard Storm that died as an atheist and went to heaven? The Lord, he said to the Lord, what, what, what denomination should I join? What church should I be a part of? And the Lord said, that's not important. He said, you should go wherever you can grow. And he said this, he said, there's good churches where there's bad people and bad churches where there's good people. The church is just a place believers come together that love Jesus and they come gathered in his name. People come gathered for, they come to gatherings for the church, but many times not for Jesus. They come to gather so they can meet somebody. Maybe they're single. They're looking for a wife or a husband. So they come to church. The, the church is not, it's not a marriage buffet. Some people come to church because they know that there's people there that are Christians and they can do business with Christians. The church is not a, it's not a, a business place. No, no. Some people are just lonely, and so they come to church just to socialize. The church is not a place of socializing. You say, really, no, it's fellowship. It's higher than that. See? So the church, the church is not an organization, an organism. 
It's an organism. It's a living body of believers, of people that love Jesus, who've, who've died with Jesus, who've been baptized with Jesus, who are now living in fellowship and resurrection with Jesus. We're, we're, to, we're to move on, people. We're not to be bound to, bound to sin as Christians, people. You've been lied to by your pastor. You don't have to be bound to sin. That's a lie. Jesus died to set you free. You've been, you've been sold a bill of sale. It's not true. John says, I write unto you that you sin not. Paul says in the book of Romans, he says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Fear not under the law, but under grace. Listen, sin, listen, sin's not to have the mastery in your life. We're to come to church as people that love Jesus and that through fellowship with Jesus and one another, we're free. We're free. Now, that does, listen, now don't live by what you hear or see or feel. You've been trained all your life to do that. That, doesn't, that does not determine your spiritual status or position. The blood of Jesus says, if you are living a repentant life, then you are forgiven and you're in heavenly places. And we are right now, to, we are right now in Zion with angels and, and righteous men made perfect. And we can hear from God. We can receive the prophetic. We can be brought into a prophetic word at any time. We've been caught up into a vision and a dream because we're the living church. We are we are lively stones, lively stones that make up a living temple. We're not a, a, a building made of brick and mortar. No, that's what people think the church is, a building made with brick and mortar. No, the church is the people. We're lively stones. We're the church. Wherever we come together, that's the church. That's the church of the living God. And the church of the living God if the foundation is of the church of the living God is whoever names the name of the Lord, let them depart from iniquity. That's what Paul Paul said. He said, this is the foundation, cornerstone of the church, that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, let them depart from iniquity. Is that going on in your church? Well, then it's not a church. It's just It's just, it's not. Listen, we've got to return to Jesus with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and begin to ask ourselves, do I love Jesus? Ask, let the Spirit of God speak to us. Do we love Jesus? If he doesn't, then we need to do some adjusting. This is all about relationship. It's all about loving God. And then it naturally is going to be loving those who are around us. I used the word stupid yesterday about somebody. I did. I used the word stupid about somebody. Felt convicted because Jesus said we're to be harmless. You know, sometimes you got to call people snakes, whitewashed tombs. Jesus did. We can't do any better. We can't be nicer than him. But but it wasn't called for. Somebody had done something, and it was it was actually pretty stupid. But I said that, and that, and I and I knew right then that I shouldn't have said it because it wasn't necessary. Yes, again, I'm not. Don't be get religious with me because I know that the Lord told me in two different visions that I can't be nicer than Jesus. Jesus spoke and rebuked people. I'm going to have to do it. He called people snakes. And serpents, and said their father was the devil, will have to do the same thing. But it can never be done with the wrong spirit. Because we're to be harmless. You know, Christians are to be harmless. We're to love our enemies. See, the church is, uh, today is so uh, so toxic and, and caustic. It's because they don't, they're not walking with Jesus, you know. we I, I, I want to be in such a place in my life that unless I'm, I'm speaking something to get somebody free with no other ulterior motive, that I'll never speak a word that is not inspired by the Holy Ghost. We, we need to be very, very, we need to be known for kindness. 
we need to be known for love. Yes, we need to be known for saying, hey, that person's got a devil or you're a devil. You need to repent. But, but remember, Jesus was love incarnate. And we can't be nicer than him because he's our, he's our master and our Lord. And we're his disciples, which literally means a person who is a pupil trying to act just like their master or Lord. That's what, it's ta- that's what it means. Okay, We want to be like Jesus. But understand something. Jesus was not just mean for no reason at all. We need to be kind. Let me tell you something. The church needs, listen, the church is benign, but they're not kind. They're, they, they are, they, they attack, they're attacking the Democrats. They're attacking the liberals. They're attacking the alphabet people. Listen, we're not about that. They want to go take guns and start a revolution. That's not what we're about as the church. Maybe that will happen in the future, and it may be, it, it, it's in, inevitable. Okay, and I've shared about visions I've had. I shared about a vision, at least I can remember right now, about a civil war coming to the United States of America years ago. Years ago. But let me tell you something. I'm a Christian. I love my enemies. Man, men are created in the image of God. I don't want to take another life. I want to, I want to get people saved. I want to see the liberals born again. I want to see the Democrats born again. I want the alphabet people to get born again. Alphabets are only for alphabet soup, you know. That's it. That's the only reason you need your alphabets and your alphabet soup. But anyways, but but God loves everybody. He loves the alphabet people. God is calling men and women to repentance all over the world, and we are the church, and we are to represent the love of Jesus. The, the Peter and John said, "Hey Jesus, bring bring fire down." Jesus, you know, that some some uh, some area that Jesus went into, some part of the country Jesus went to in the Mediterranean, Middle East, uh, they rejected Jesus, and the apostles, two of them, said, "Hey Jesus, bring fire down like Elijah did and wipe out this town." Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. Son of man didn't come to the earth to destroy the earth, but to save it. Let me tell you something. God wants to save the Democrats. God wants to save the liberals. I prophesy what I'm prophesying, not out of hatred. For Listen, God is love. And those who know God love God. And then we seek to love others. I have no enemies. I may have people that hate me because I preach the truth. That's okay, but I. But I, let me tell you something. The Bible, Jesus said, when you pray, if you remember that you have ought, that means the most minuscule, minuscule something that bothers you in your heart about something, something, something that is like at the molecular level, okay, the cellular or molecular level. Jesus said, if you got something like that against your brother or sister, you better go. Forgive that person before you go pray because you're wasting time, both yours and God's time. Did you know that? So what does that mean? That means I'm a lover, not a hater. That means I, I don't have thoughts in my, I'm not thinking thoughts about anything that people have done against me. I don't go through my day and, and that, and that, what is that, that's that, that, uh, Oh, I forget what you call it. Hamster wheel that goes around. And, and and I've been in the hamster wheel of bitterness. It's terrible. You think about what somebody's done. You think about what you would like to say. And you think about what you'd like to do. And you and you sit there in a pity trip about how unjust and unrighteous it was. And you want to see God judge him. See, that's bitterness. Okay? And what you're doing, it's like it's like it's like taking the poison and 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 hoping that. The other person will die. You're poisoned. 
you should have, as a Christian, you should be harmless as a dove. You should have no anger towards anybody. Trust me. And you will be judged for every idle word that you say. Get rid of all, all things that are not of God in your heart towards others. The church has been hijacked with a spirit of bitterness and anger. I will not be a part of that. I love everybody. I do not, I do not agree with them. I do not endorse them. I do not participate with them. I do not approve of their behavior. And God calls them to repentance. But I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm not a hater. So if you're not a believer, guess what? I'm not one of those people that you've met that you could feel the hatred out of. I don't hate you. Maybe maybe you're bound in some type of sin. I don't hate you. God doesn't hate you. God loves you and he's calling you to repentance. Maybe you're a liberal. God love you. I love you. Maybe you're a Democrat. God love you. I love you. I don't hate you. Maybe, you, maybe you've written something about me or you said something about me. That's okay. I love you. God love you. I, listen, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And, and, and I can see this stuff because I'm not in, in, involved in the worship of a pope or, or a pastor or a denomination, but in, in the person, Jesus Christ. Because I'm focusing on Jesus because I'm free from these religious things. I can see clearer. I can see Jesus, and I know Jesus was all about manifesting the God, God the Father's heart, and that was the, the heart of the Father, calling his prodigals home. That's the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is to call the prodigals home. Listen, the liberals, if anything, they're prodigals, right? These people that these these people that you hate, the Muslims, they, aren't they prodigals? Isn't the didn't the Father send the Son to die for them? Didn't did isn't he not willing that any should perish? Well, the church has got to get rid of bitterness. I tell you, learn and practice to become harmless. Make sure that you never say a word that is not necessary. Well, I need to I need to say it for prayer. You better really be checking yourself. All I got to talk about what this brother or sister uh, did for prayer. You better be really checking yourself that that's your motive. I'm going to use this person as an example and then use their name and and use that. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. If you ever say anything, say it anonymously about somebody. Don't ever don't ever mention someone's name so anybody who watches you could ever know what you're doing. Sometimes you've got to mention false preachers. I mean, I mentioned one false preacher, what they said. I don't talk about them ever, do I? No, I don't. But I did one time because they needed to be addressed, and I did. Because, because I make that false doctrine a target. And false doctrine an enemy. But I'm not the enemy of any person. And I don't make people my target. God will judge the wicked. God will judge the, the reprobate. God will judge the, the, the backslider and the apostate who's been saved but who's fallen away. God will judge those people. That's not my job. That's his job. I'm just a human being. That's all I am. So what I'm, I'm here on this earth to do something. That's to love other people. That's why you're here. If you didn't figure it out, you're missing your mission. You are here to love. That's why you're here. You are here to love. You're to reflect that love that God has given to you to other people at your restaurant, at your job, at the bank, at the grocery store. You're to reflect the love of Jesus. So, so get rid of your bad attitude. Sometimes we bark at people. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. Because we are to be harmless as a dove. So we are to represent Jesus' love. And may, may God reduce us all to love. 
Man, I know that is the measure of being a Christian is to love God and love others. That's it, people. That's the measure. You keep all of God's commandments. You won't do anyone any harm if you love them. So love is the, is the fulfillment of everything. You won't hurt God the Father by breaking his commandments, and you won't hurt people that are created in his image by breaking his commandments because the first commandment is to love the Lord with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength. And the second is like to it, love your neighbor as yourself. You can't hate yourself either. Look at that. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's a certain amount that you need to value yourself to a certain degree because you're created in the image of God. You're not loving your your, your out of pride, but you, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. So you need to not hate yourself. You're created in the image and likeness of God. You're a son and daughter of God. You're, you're of worth and have value. But you're not to love your life. That's different. And Paul talks about it. He says, I don't love my life. Paul says that. Jesus said, if you seek to, to save your life, you'll lose it. And if you love your life, you'll lose it. But but I love myself. And you say, really? Absolutely. I, I, I God loves me. I, I Absolutely. I'm a son of God. I don't hate myself. If I'm forgiven and I'm accepted and I'm beloved and I'm valued by the Father that he sent his son, then why would I hate myself? Would a father say to his son, I want you to hate yourself? Would any father say, it's good that you hate yourself? Or would a father say, don't hate yourself, I love you? How about that as a prophetic word for you today? The father says right now to you, don't hate yourself, I love you. Father doesn't want you to hate yourself. Oh God, man, I, I just pray those chains would fall off you right now. Listen, the father says, he says, look at, David said, when my father and my mother, uh, they pass away, he said, then you'll take me up. God said he's a father of the fatherless. He's, he calls himself father. Why does he call himself father? Because he wants a relationship like a father. So many of us had no father, didn't know our fathers. We're, we're, we're estranged from our fathers, didn't have fellowship with our fathers. And, man, and the father is saying, look at the father says, son, don't, don't hate yourself. You're the father saying, daughter, don't hate yourself. I love you. I accept you. I approve of you. You are forgiven. You are accepted. You are my beloved. And I am yours. You are my exceeding and great reward. And so I should be to you. Let's get back to God. Let's get away from religion. When was the last time you, you, you really felt God in your heart or felt his presence? Wow. Went over to a brother's house here recently, and I'm going to close up. I'm going to go to the gym. Uh, went over to a brother's house, and when I went there, we all of a sudden I began to remember and remiss about times I've laid hands on people as they were going out and, and was thinking, wait a second, I just came over to here to say goodbye to this brother, but I think we need to get some anointing oil. My wife's a prophetess as well, so we went ahead and got this anointing oil. I could see his wife smile whenever I said we need to get an oil and anoint her husband. She She's a prophetess for sure. Her name is Lisa, like my wife. And she has visions and dreams from the Lord. And Willard has visions and dreams from the Lord too. And he's a good brother, and I love him. I'm going to miss him. He, he lived in California, but he's going to move to Texas. So... We began to pray for him and, and his wife, and then my wife, I, and, and I began to share things that, that were in my spirit over over uh, Brother Willard 
and I don't usually do prophetic individual ministry. That's not how I operate. But we began to minister to Brother Willard. Uh, began to my wife began to minister to Lisa and to Brother Willard. Uh, I I kept on hearing the word worship, 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 worship. I couldn't put it together. I didn't know what it had to do with anything. And then my wife said to the young man that was standing next to us, which was one of their sons, she said, you are a worship leader. And I'm like, ah, there it is, Lisa. I I couldn't flush that word out. We work as a team. I remember when we ever got married early on, Pastor Nilsson, who was a mighty prophet of God, he said, he, he told us to both stand up, and he said, God is going to cause the two of you to be one. And you and he says, and you are to let uh, men see your good works, that they might glorify your Father. So we ministered together, and she's, she's the best part of me. And so she she said, she began to, to, to talk about how that he was a worship leader, and the mother and father said, yes, he is. He is a worship leader. And then... And then I, I could hear a word. It, I, I cannot explain it, but the word came to me, a new song, a new song. And, and, I, and, and you know, my brother's been a worship leader. A lot of times churches are like, we don't want to hear your songs. We want to hear the vineyard songs. We want to hear the Calvary songs. We want to hear whatever, but we don't want to hear your songs. We're, we're worshiping songs that are on the radio and whatever. Just just lead the worship in the songs that we give you. You know, a lot of control going on there. Listen, that's not how worship was ever done in the New Testament or in the Old Testament. This, the psalmists and the Levites were prophets. That's right. And they would worship. And they would tell the they would even say, Let the worship come before the prophets. And the prophets and the and the worshipers worked together. And many times the prophets were worshipers and the worshipers were prophets. And God would give them a new song. And I began to talk to him about a new song and not worrying about writing songs that fit in what other people think, but that your 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 songs need to come from the Lord and the Lord wants to give you a new song. And and I and I, and and listen, that young man was 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 very clearly touched by the Lord because I don't know his life. I don't know his his I don't I I, I don't I, I, I get busy and with my ministry, and so I don't talk to Willard. I don't know what his son's doing. I don't know what's going on. And that was a prophetic word that just he, the young man was, was obviously and clearly touched by God. He, he said he was. He was like, that's, that's, that, this is all true what you're saying. Listen, you know, the Lord knows the hidden things. The Lord will reveal what is, is unseen. The Lord will speak into your life a word. And the Lord does have a word. And I tell you, the Father is saying, don't hate yourself, son. Don't hate yourself, daughter. I love you. You're forgiven. You're accepted. Go do my mission. Preach in my name. Cast out devils. Raise the dead. Don't be religious. Be relationship. Love me. Love me. Ask ask for a hunger for my word and my spirit. Don't desire everything I have for you, for I've got nothing but good for you. So let's let's get away from religious and let's get our focus on Jesus. You know, some men had heard about Jesus and they came to the disciples and they said, uh, we would see Jesus. You know, people today, they want to see this apostle, this prophet. No, we would see Jesus. He's the only one that's going to give you a lasting uh, change and transformation. He's the only one who can forgive your sins and set you free. He's the only one who went to the cross for you. No pastor, preacher, evangelist, teacher has ever went to the cross for you. We have made idols of ministers, and we have we have done that. 
And we've tried to steal the glory of God. And he said he wouldn't share his glory with any. And we need to restore to the earth the worship and wonder and the awe and the reverence of God. The sacredness of God. The hallowedness of his name. That we we are to come to church to worship the Lord. And that everybody else is just to fade into the background as we seek to know and to love Jesus. I hope that you would be filled with living water and come to love Jesus more than your own life. I hope that you will love Jesus. That's my desire for this ministry is to preach and to present Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to talk about anybody else but Jesus. He's going to lift it up. And the prophetic is, is in its greatest, greatest asset to the church is to bring the revelation of Jesus Christ. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony, after all, of Jesus Christ. So how can we be prophets and then take and do this and create these concepts in the church of the superstar uh, 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 Christian? We've got this superstar Christianity thing. Oh, my God. What judgment that will come upon the nation and the church that will exalt the, these people in names and titles? We will look to them and, and be almost worshipful of them. Well, what a sin. You ought to be afraid of the Lord and in awe and wonder of God. And, and we need to return our hearts to the Lord. So if you're, if you're, even, if you're seeking the Lord for the gifts, you need to repent of that and seek the Lord for the giver. You can have all the gifts, but the, the giver of the gifts is more wonderful than the gifts that he gives. You know that? Jesus is more wonderful than the gifts that he gives. You know, if you get a gift from the person, you should love the person who gave you the gift, not the gift. We've we've changed things. We've taken our focus off of them and we've we've made gifts idols. We made position idols. We made men idols. And and we've lost our fear and reverence and love for God. Let's return to the Lord and think about things clearly and soberly so that we're worshipful beings created in the image of God, made to worship, made to sing, made to pray, made to study, made to love God, and made to love others. Then we're going to be doing well. Amen. It's so good to serve the Lord, by the way. God bless you. Thank you so much for watching the program today. Amen. Pray that you would continue to pray for me always, that the Lord would speak to me by visions and dreams. Again, it's if you have a prophetic program, you got to have something to say. So I can't. I'm not the. I'm not the originator. In other words, I can pray and do what's necessary to be able to hear from the Lord. Okay, but but Paul said. He said, I believe that through your prayers. This is what Paul the apostle said. He said, I believe that through your prayers and the supply of the Holy Ghost, it'll work for my deliverance. See, Paul. He asked people to pray for him, see, and he was an apostle. I ask you for you to pray for my ministry. Pray that I can have a word in season and out of season. Pray that I can have revelations and visitations from the Lord Jesus Christ. As I've had, I've seen visions of Jesus several different times. Had Jesus with me for, for three hours at one time when they had brought me in with the diagnosis of a broken neck. And I was paralyzed from my, my head all the way down. And for three hours, Jesus stood there with me in his glory in there is no describing the experience of of seeing of of, of experiencing christ there's no there's no words to ex, explain or ex, express having jesus be with you for three hours there's just no way of doing it. all i can tell you he's altogether wonderful you don't want to come out of something like that and talk about yourself you want to talk about wow 
I was aware that I had made mistakes, but I was aware that he, he was like, all the mistakes that you have made, they don't matter because you've repented of, of them. I'm not holding those against you. They don't matter to me. And you're like, Lord, but 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 you're perfect. And he says, you know, just just such love, such just no judgment, no condemnation, no fault finding, just a, just a warm embrace of the spirit, his glory there for for three hours. God, God loves us. God loves us. He wants us to make it to heaven once we've been born again. But we do have to walk in righteousness. But he loves us. He's for us. He's not against us. He's not trying to make it hard for you to make heaven. If you're if you're sincere with the Lord, you're going to make it. If you're sincere with the Lord, you'll make heaven. I tell you that. I cannot tell you and describe what I experienced with God's glory for like three hours. Lord Jesus stood next to me for like three hours. There is no way to put it in words. The, the unspeakable glory of God, full of glory, full of love, full of joy, full of peace. But let me tell you something. To know Jesus is an incredible thing. And to love him is what we were made for. That's what we were made for, to love God. And we were created to love those who he created. The worst of them, we were created to love them because we were created that through our love, our love would transform them. So as we love those who are evil, then our love will transform them because we are a manifestation of his love and they can experience the love of God through us as they feel the love of Christ coming through us, not of judgment, not of condemnation, not of shame, but of love, unconditional love for them. See, God, yes, God, listen, God loves you too much to leave you the same. Without holiness, no man will see God. But understand something, God loves you, and he wants to make you into the image of his son. The Bible says, that's the word of God. It says, we've been called to be made into the image of the son of God. And Jesus loved people. He loved the prostitute. He loved the, the drunkard. He loved the tax collector. He, he loved everybody. Amen. So we are here to love. That is our destiny. That is our life. We measure ourselves spiritually on how we love others. If we're not loving others well, then we need to grow. I know I need to grow. I know it. I must grow in my ability to love. I have nothing against anyone. And other people that know me will say, tell you. They'll testify. Bring them here. They'll say, John is, is a forgiving person. But I'm, I want to become quicker in forgiving and I want to become more harmless in my love and my kindness towards other than I've ever been before it's meekness to love people by the way the Bible says Moses was humbler than any man on earth did you know it's meekness to love people when you're always upset with people that person said this about me how could they say that about me it's all about me it's all narcissism how could they say this about me how could they do that against me don't they know who I am? Ooh, that's pride. That's narcissism. Let me, it's humility that will free you from bitterness. When we love others, it proves that we are humble. Because the, Jesus said, blessed is he that's not offended in me. You know what gets you all upset? Your pride. When we're offended, it's like, Lord, how could you do that? Or how could that person say that to me? How could they treat me that way? It's all about narcissism. The only thing that ever can get offended by others or Jesus is your pride. If you're humble and somebody talks bad about you, you'll, you're going to say, look, at, 
listen, I haven't been perfect in my life. You know, when, when people spoke evil about D David, he just said, actually, it's in the Bible. David said, I probably, I probably got it coming. Uh, you're not that humble, are you? David said, when people spoke evil about him, he said, I probably had it coming. That's what David said. But you're all, you're all up in, you know, you're, you get your, 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 your britches all up in a wad because somebody said or thought something about you and you're all offended and ready to take your toys and go home and you don't want to go to church with those people and you don't want to talk with them any longer and you're done with this brother and you're done with that sister and you're talking about what they did about you and how they hurt you oh man you're not i love you get stop it that's not being like jesus the church needs to be baptized in love again Church has got to be baptized in love. Back in the 70s when the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit was going throughout the United States of America. Oh, man, the, 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 the love of God was being manifest in every fellowship. People loved each other. They came and they would hug each other out of love. There wasn't, in, there wasn't impurity like there is today either. People, you know, hugging on each other for wrong reasons. Let me tell you something. The love, because love is pure. Love will not think anything evil. We need to go back to the love of Jesus in our church. Oh, church, if you want to pray for something, pray for the agape of God, the love of God to be baptized upon the American church, the Australian church, the Canadian church, the, the church of, of, of uh, the UK. Do you know that the church, we need to pray more, more than anything else that the church would be baptized with a love for their enemies. That's right. As was it Philip or Stephen as they were being stoned? What did he say? He said, "Father, don't hold these sins against them." That's just like Jesus. Jesus said when he was killed, he said, "Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing." And then I don't know if it was Stephen or Philip while they were being stoned, says he looked up and he said to Jesus, he said, "God, forgive them. God, forgive them." There was nothing in him but love. We're to be like Jesus in this earth. Amen. So let's return to Jesus and let's love one another and let's pray for a revival. Oh, this is the revival that must come to the church. It was, I remember uh, being young and seeing the move of God as a young man. I didn't get saved till I was 15. But in the 70s, when I wasn't saved, I remember the love of God. You say, you didn't get saved? No. I remember seeing Catherine Coleman in the glory of God ministering to her. I remember seeing prophets ministering in the prophetic and i remember the waves of the glory of god waves people literally waves tangible physical you could feel them physically going through the church i remember when i got filled with the holy spirit at 21 the power and the glory of god coming all around me and in me oh man when we were over there praying for willard here recently man i felt the heavy i can't explain it the heavy weighty presence of God the the man the God is the same yesterday today and forever amen he's the same you know see sometimes the, the anointing doesn't come because it's for a purpose and the glory was coming down in that house but like a heavy weighty reverent awe pure holy presence of God it was weighty oh man it's so nice you know, God, Moses said, I won't, go with, I, I won't go unless your presence goes with me. See, his presence is the confirmation he's with you. And you shouldn't be willing to do anything unless his presence is involved in it. 
So much is done in the name of Jesus and churches and organizations that has all to do with intellectual planning and reasoning, and God has never inspired it. But what God inspires, he empowers. And what he appoints, he anoints. Listen, what God inspires, he empowers and he establishes. What God inspires, he empowers and he establishes. And what he appoints, he anoints. But the works of man shall fall and they will not stand. Many things that people have done in the name of God have not been of the Lord at all. And that's because we're not loving Jesus. we got to love Jesus, people. Let's get back into being a love culture again. Loving one another. And the Bible says that they said that they will know you're my disciples by your love one for another. While you see so many church splits and so much division and so many denominations, which is just demon nations, right? We know Jesus did create that. But we see so many splits and fights and people attacking this ministry and attacking that ministry. Listen, it says they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Now they say, well, we know they're Christians because by their piss and vinegar that they have towards each other. Well, we've got to get away from that. We need to become a community, a community of love again. Let's become a culture of love. I, I, I challenge you today to love everybody around you. And that your number one uh, duty, calling, focus, uh, purpose in life is to increase in your ability to love. And your meekness will determine the level at what you can love. Because if you, if you are a broken person, nobody can hurt you. You'll forgive them. You'll say, Father, forgive them. You won't, your pride won't get involved. It's always pride. All unforgiveness, all bitterness, all, all hurt is your ego hurt. When you're meek, you will forgive and you will not remember what people have done against you. You will, it will, you, you will, it will not go in your mind. You'll guard your heart from all bitterness. And you'll forgive everybody, no matter what they've said against you, no matter what they do against you, or even what they do against your family or your friends. You'll forgive them. You won't speak evil of them. May the church be born again, again. Well, the Bible says in the Peter, it says being born again. It's a, it's a verb, present tense imperative verb. It says being born again. Of in the incorruptible word of God. See, it's 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 a continuance. You need to be filled with the agape of God. That's that's what I feel on my heart. Made the church become a culture of love again. All this this hatred against the woke. Listen, you know, listen. We need to love the woke people. They're they're asleep. They're not awake. By the way. Because the God of this world has blinded their eyes. You're not helping the kingdom of God by hating people. You, you know, I don't agree with the Antifa. I don't agree with the Black Lives Matter. There's a lot of hatred among those people. That's obvious. We should not be involved with hatred as Christians. We need to we need to bring a culture of love to this world. Like the Christians did in the turn time of the Rome, where they they destroyed the Roman Empire because they loved everyone and would not hate. And they were willing to lay their life down for both their enemies and their friends, and it turned the Roman Empire down. You know what needs to come in America? We need to we need to stop the bitterness. We need to stop the hatred. 
we've got to return to loving our neighbor like Jesus said, and as Jesus said, loving our enemy. What a novel ideal. Just do what Jesus said. But that's what we need to happen in America. You want to see America transform? Put away the bitterness against politicians and people. Get baptized in love and ask Jesus to reduce you to nothing but love. Ask Jesus to do that. Ask Jesus to reduce you to love. That's what we need to do. We need to say, Jesus, remove out of me every every prejudice, every every anger, every every thought, word, deed, action that would hurt, injure anybody that is not spoken from your presence as a true anointed correction or exposing that we would never say a word that would do that, that is none anointed, that we would become harmless like Jesus said. He said, he said, be harmless as does, but as wise as serpent, that we would be that way, that we would love our enemies truthfully, willing to die in their places. If we thought they wouldn't make the kingdom of God, willing to die for them, being persecuted, not persecuting back, being reviled and not reviling back leaving us an example that we should walk in a sense. Let us do that. Oh, God, have mercy on all of us. Lord, we need more of Jesus. We need that ability, God. Oh, Lord, we ask you as the church right now. God, we ask you as the church right now. Remove everything from our hearts. Everything from our hearts. We ask as the church right now. Remove everything from our heart that doesn't love. Everything in, from our heart that doesn't love. Everything that our heart in our heart that doesn't say forgiveness, everything that in our heart do, that doesn't say release, everything that in our heart that wants to hold on or to hold back and won't, won't let go. Lord, we let loose people. We free them. We let them go. We don't hold them back. We don't hold on. We let it go. We don't keep an account. Oh man, I feel the power. I feel the presence of God right now. That's the power of God. I feel the presence of God. Be free in Jesus' name from all bitterness. Be free in Jesus' name from all bitterness. Be free in Jesus' name from all bitterness. Do not hide your bitterness in the cloak of Christianity. Do not hide your, your bitterness and, and the cloak of self-righteousness and pride. Repent of it. Repent of it. Be broken and enter into the meekness of the Lord and forgive people from your heart. Forgive everybody. Forgive every. Jesus loved everyone. Jesus wasn't willing that any should perish. He spoke the truth because it had to be said. They had to be told their father was the devil. They had to be told that they were whitewashed tombs. To for him not to say that would 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 continue to help them to believe a lie of their self righteous delusion. So love had to say to them, your father's the devil. So love had to say that to them, you're murderers. So love had to say to them, you're a liar. Because lying to people is not love. It, it, coddling people is not love. Isolating and insulating people from the consequences of their action is not love. So Jesus, who was love incarnate, said, incarnate said, your father's the devil. Because they had to know that. That gave them the opportunity to forsake him, to say that you're serpents, you're, you're, you're snakes. They had to know that so they could turn away from that. He had to call, he had to take them to the wall and say, you're whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but inwardly you've got all types of sin. He had to bring them to the wall because he was calling them to repentance because he didn't want them to go to hell because he came to die all, for all men. 
even the Pharisees and the scribes, we make them, we just talk about them in this, in this way that it's like that, you know, we don't even think that Jesus didn't love, no, God the Father and Jesus loved the Pharisees and scribes, the Sanhedrin, the, 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 the zealots, the Herodians, he loved them all, the Romans, he loved every one of them. He wanted them all to come, all, whosoever let him come and drink of the water of life, whosoever, rich, poor, black, white, male, female, whosoever let him come. Come today if you're hungry. Come today if you're thirsty. Come today and get free from your religious spirit that you've got, your self-righteous spirit, your critical spirit, your judgmental spirit that is going to separate you from others and you from God, which you don't have impact for the kingdom. God baptizes with the love of Christ for the church and for the world today. Let us love all people. In Jesus' name, God baptizes with the love. That's what the church needs to pray for, for a visitation of the love of God and the agape of God. And it's going to be hard to do. I mean, it's not really hard in one sense. It's hard in one sense because you've got to die. You've got to die. And, and, and it's hard. I can say that from personal experience because I love everybody. And I have nothing in my heart. And my spirit testifies that I love everybody. Not a single person on the earth do I desire evil against. Do I think in my mind evil against them? I'm completely free. And you can be in this lifetime completely free from bitterness, hatred, anger, resentment. You can be free from it. The hurt that goes along with it. Sometimes, listen, you got to let it all go. Let it go. And when you do that, then you love everybody. Then, then the Spirit of God will be on you and it can affect people around you because you love. Amen. We have got to return to the church of the New Testament, a church that shook and rocked the world by a, a, a revival of love for one another and then a love for the world. They loved the world. They didn't love the spirit of the world. They loved the people that were in it. And that's what's going to change people. It's the love of God that leads people to repentance. It's the, the kindness and love of God that leads people to repentance. you got to learn how to love more. you got to make that your purpose, your goal, your destiny, your desire, your fire, everything. I don't know what the words to say. Make loving people your purpose in life. That's why you're here. God put you on this earth for that reason. I like what Bob Jones says when he died and went to heaven that people, he asked people, did you learn how to love? And those who did walk through his heart into heaven. Those who did not learn how to love didn't enter into heaven. Not just people who were born again, but people who had in their life learned how to love. They entered into heaven because God is love. They had to go through Christ. No man goes to the Father except through Christ. He's the only way. But you, in your life experience here, you better, you got to learn how to love. You got it. You're missing your whole destiny, purpose in life. You don't even understand the you, you don't understand the kingdom, because you you because of the religiousness that we get, we don't understand the kingdom. We lose our focus. We become spiritually blind. This is the purpose. Why we are here is to love one another. That is why we are here. We are created in His image, and those on earth are created in His image, and we are to love them. Because the Father loves and values them and sent the Son so that they would be redeemed to the Father. And that in the Father and the Son they would have life. And so we are to be messengers of that. Amen. Oh man, if you could feel what I'm feeling right now. This is a, a message that burns in my heart. I hope the church can awaken to this and receive it and walk in it. I hope they can. 
because this is the message of revival and change that will rock our world. Because let me tell you, there's not a hard, there's there's not a hardened criminal that can experience the love of God that will not be broken. That uh, I'm telling you, the love of God is able. Now you can anybody can resist something, can resist God, but let me tell you something. The love of God, when yielded to, can break the hardest heart. The love of God, when yielded to, can heal the deepest wound. The love of God, when it when, when it is accepted into our heart, can transform us into serving beings, serving serving people without thinking that we're going to get money or get something out of it. Just serving. Like Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. He said that the he that will be great in the kingdom must be the servant of them all. See, those servants didn't get a paycheck. When, when, when Jesus was talking about servants, he was talking about them in the Middle East, in the Mediterranean sense, a servant. And he said, we're to be servants. We're to do what we do for others, expecting nothing in return. When did you help somebody put away their groceries or help somebody pick up their lawn or help somebody with some money? When did you bless somebody that cursed you? When did you forgive somebody who despitefully used you? Oh, God, reduce us to love. God, reduce us to love. Help us to love like Jesus. Oh, God, help us to love like Jesus. We need your love to help us to love like Jesus. Help us to love the, the junkie, the prostitute, the, the drug addict, the politician. Help us to love everybody like you, Jesus. The world would be changed if we can love others like you love us. Incredible, incredible, incredible. God bless you guys. God bless you all. Amen. Let's be followers of Jesus, not of man. Amen. Let's be followers of Jesus, not a denomination, association, an affiliation, an organization, but of a person, Christ Jesus. Amen. God bless you. God bless you so much. Thank you and shalom. In Jesus' name.